You don't have to be bound to those chains. You don't have to be shackled up to them, but you have to remove the guilt and you have to remove the shame and you have to bring some loving awareness. Cut yourself some slack. Give yourself some compassion. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Naist invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Naist. All right, you know what time it is. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and we're about to embark on a killer conversation, you guys. I think he's going to bring a ton of value to you guys. I want you, what I like to do is introduce yourself to my audience, right? And let them know exactly who you are and what it is you do. And then we'll get started. So my name is Tyson James Lee. I've been a coach for um, about a decade now. Um, I got into it, started with fitness, I think like a lot of people. And then um, through my fitness journey, I realized that to help people lose weight, it was so much deeper than just food. It was so much deeper than just fitness, right? Why pe- Why can't people stick to it, right? And so as I went deeper with my clients, I went deeper into myself and I had a lot of success early on. Um, you know, in the first three years I was a coach, I made a little over a million dollars. And, um, this was before everybody was a coach on social media and I loved it. You know, I loved it. I had group coaching programs and I kind of created everything that you could think of, um, to make a guy happy. I had the cars. I lived in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, you know, had, had a great girlfriend, had a couple condos. Um, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I hired out a sales team, hired a marketing team. Cause I told everyone, I just want to coach. I don't want to do any of the business stuff anymore. I've, I've, I've been here for a while and we launched a campaign and we did $42,000 in the first, first day of the campaign. And you would think that I had made it, but I remember sitting, um, outside of my condo in Scottsdale. And I actually broke down in tears and started crying um, because all I ever wanted since I was a little boy was to be happy, was to be satiated, was to be fulfilled. And um, I think that's what we all want deep down, right? Is that's what we're all seeking for. It's what we're all searching for. And I felt so disappointed and I got angry. I became very victimized. I was so angry at the world. Like I've been told, you know, my whole life to be a powerful, successful man, to go out and create and produce and do this. and I realized at that moment um, what it meant to fall in love with the journey, and I was so destination driven. The next business, the next, the next money, the next, the next, the next, and it was like I got to the end of the rainbow, but there wasn't a pot of gold at all. There was a pot with a, la- a leprechaun flipping me off, pointing to another rainbow, <laughs> and I was just like, you know, what's next? Like this, and I was exhausted. I was so exhausted from this pursuit of happiness outside of myself. And that's when it really started to shift. And that evening, I actually got a phone call um, that my mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer and she had less than six months to live. And so I invested in her holistic cancer treatment, um, tried to do the best we could. And we lost her um, six months or shortly after that phone call, about six months after that phone call, we lost her. And I don't think I ever properly healed from it. Um, I started to continue to coach, but I started to sedate with substances and alcohol and, um, you know, just trying to, to shove my pain down and push on, press on, you know, 
Um, right. Keep being a man, keep being a man about it. And um, it finally um, broke me and I, I hired some coaches um, and went deep into a couple plant medicine experiences that really opened my eyes. Um, that was a big part of the shift. And after kind of dabbling in this work um, off and on and, and, and knowing that my inner reality was my outer reality and knowing that I had to heal a lot of the trauma and a lot of the pain, I finally just threw it all down. I threw it all away. I actually gave a $60,000 watch collection to homeless guys. I sold both cars and I went back home to Washington State. And this was in November of 2021. And I stopped working out. I basically um, sat in a home in Washington and basically committed to sit there until I found some kind of inner happiness or fulfillment. But there was a, a deep inspiration inside of me that said, well, you know, you've already lived life on hard mode. Why don't you go find this without anything outside of yourself? So I've always been a, a really fit guy. I gave up fitness. I gave out, up everything external in my life. And I thought not for a certain amount of time, but for a certain feeling. And I, I got really deep into a meditation practice. Um, I was really fortunate. Um, my father is still alive and I had a lot of trauma with him and I was really fortunate that he opened up and he wanted to do some healing work with me and to repair that relationship and a lot of inner child work. And so, um, I embarked upon this journey and about a year into it, it was about mid December of this last year. So 2022, my whole reality shattered. I had been sitting outside for about 10 hours all day and I was meditating and just looking up at the sky wondering and I think the Buddhists call it Shangri-La or something but my whole reality shattered it just shattered and everything that was always important to me faded away and I felt this love and this bliss um, and this satiation just fill me up and it was so beautiful and I actually walked around in the state of enlightenment for about two months. Um, I didn't, I was like, why would anybody make money? Why, why would anybody even want that? Nothing could be better than this. And obviously, you know, after that period, I came back down to the real world and hey, it's time to move on and, and create a life for myself and everything. So I came back to coaching, but I had found it. I had found the thing that was making me run around in circles, right? For all of this validation, all of this self-worth and really, I call it the I am state, right? It is understanding that we are connected to everything and that we are everything and that everything is us. And it was so beautiful. And for about a year now, I've woke, or well, since the beginning of the year, I've woken up every morning with a smile on my face. And as you would call it, fearless happiness. And I'm in this pursuit of the journey inside of myself to fully pull off all the layers um, and be able to express myself for who I really am without that doubt, without that uncertainty, without that fear, right? Like, you know, that fear that we all carry around in our belly that right. tells us that we have to be somebody to be loved. Right. And that, that brings up this point where I, I, I'm going to ask you, right? So you talked about having some trauma, right? And going through some healing work with your dad, right? So Go back a little bit and tell the audience like some of that trauma, like 
Because here's what yeah. I what I've learned, right, in my own recovery as a mm-hmm. recovering alcoholic and an addict, right? Well, almost celebrate I'll celebrate 20 years, not almost. I will celebrate 20 years next month on the 27th. Congratulations. And, um, right. And I've had to do a lot of self-reflection and right. Like you, I'm growing up and and you know, into my adulthood, I just stuffed pain and just worked, or mm-hmm. I got into my addiction, right? And that's all that mm-hmm. mattered. So what are some of the challenges you faced like growing up and then realizing later on that? And that's cool. I mean, I'm so ex- that's I mean, that warms my heart that your dad was open enough to go, OK, son, we'll do this together. That because yeah. you don't get that a lot. Right. A lot of the older yeah. generation, at least my older generation would have been like, mm-hmm. suck it up, buttercup. Right. You're going to yep. you, you know, we don't cry. We just bust ourselves off and we keep going. So share that with the audience, like how that healing, how that healing process came about. Yeah. So let's let's back up to childhood. Um, you know, I think we all grow up with our father being our hero, um, you know, especially us boys. Right. You know, we grow up and dad's the hero. And he was uh, my dad was a great athlete. He was an Olympic slalom skier and um he was my hero you know he was he was in construction but i loved him to death and i had two sisters and you know him and my parents fought over money um but he was really really plagued by his own demons and you know when i was 11 years old i remember him coming home from the bar one night and he and my mom were fighting and i remember um he went into the room and grabbed a gun and stuck it in his mouth and said you know i'm just i'm gonna end it right here and as a child, that was very traumatizing for me. And so I ran out the back, the back of the house. I jumped the fence. I ran down um, the street. And I remember hiding behind one of those big blue dumpsters um, a couple blocks away, just crying. And I remember thinking as a kid, I must be a horrible, horrible son for my father wanted to kill, kill himself. And as a child, we do take everything on. We, we think that the, you know, the world kind of revolves around us. And I could not understand why my father didn't want to be here. And I thought that it must be because something's wrong with me. And right there, I formed the belief that um, if I showed up as me, I'd hurt the people around me. And it led to a life of trying to be somebody I wasn't. Then we fast forward um, to about the age of 13. And my father leaves the home. Him and my parents split up. And he's gone for four years. He gets addicted to methamphetamine and, um, you know, and alcohol and i don't see him for four years and so from the time you're 14 um to to 18 like you there's no there's no more time in anyone's life than they need a father or or some guidance right Right. and so i kind of took matters into my own hands and i found substances around the age of 15. i found first marijuana and then alcohol and for me it was always just this kid in pain and when i first found those substances it was like all of it melted away right and that was my safe place and so that was always my place of comfort and it was always my place of happiness it was never like you know oh yeah i'm just you know for me that's what it was and so every time that i went off to create in life i'd always create these boundaries for myself like well you don't know anybody here i'd move to another place you don't know anybody there you're protected you don't know how to get anything right i i was able to stay away from alcohol but then I'd go through a relationship breakup. I'd go through some kind of adversity. And every time I couldn't cope with the emotions, I couldn't cope with the heaviness. And so I turned back to my safe place, right? And so it was really, 
a lifelong kind of battle with this. And finally, um, I saw, I thought, you know, I, I got out of a relationship a few years ago. Um, we had a miscarriage. It was really tough. Um, ended up not working. And I remember just fighting the urge that, you know, I just want to use again. I just want to use again. And I was like, dude, you have got to solve this shit. Like you have got to solve it. And so I called my dad and I said, look, man, this is what I'm dealing with. And this is where I think it comes from. And, um, I know that there's love and acceptance, loving awareness that I get to give to that version of myself. And, you know, um, I want to love the addict inside of me. I want to love the hurt little boy inside of me. And I started that process and committed to it ruthlessly. I didn't work. I didn't do anything. I literally sat with myself and sat with those difficult emotions. And people will always say, well, I spent a lot of time alone. How much do you t- time do you actually spend with yourself, though, and with right. your emotions, right? And what I've learned is we can't go around these things, Max. We, we have to go through them. Yep. And I feel the only way that we can actually heal those demons is through loving awareness and is through, through love. And so I kind of put myself in, the ver- in a situation where I was, had no money, um, wasn't, wasn't doing anything, wasn't producing. And I was like, if I can find love for myself here then I have a solid foundation to build from. And that takes a lot of work, right? Because like one thing that you said that just rings true with me, right? In this process of recovery is sitting with those uncomfortable feelings, right? Because as men, we are not taught to embrace those feelings or go (laughs) through them. Like you said, right? Mm -hmm. I did the same thing. I just numb, right? The, The more I felt, the more I had to put in my system, right? The more alcohol, the more meth, whatever. Because right feeling those feelings right are uncomfortable and there's one thing i got to tell you right so when i embarked on this journey of of fighting myself and, and getting sober right there was this little old lady in a meeting that i has, used to have to go to right third meeting ever and she goes i got good news and i got bad news and i'm like okay let's hear this right and she goes you get to feel the good news is you get to feel but the bad news is, is you get to feel right and that three days sober i'm just like what is she talking about but then I would get it right because as I, the longer I would stay sober and go through those emotions that were coming back up that I would stuff for so many years, right? You you learn. That's where you learn your grit, right? Because right as we just talked about, like my older generation, they don't, they you know, it's boys don't cry, right? You just suck it up. You don't talk about feelings. At least the men's side, right? And even yeah, some yeah. of the women on my side of the family, you know, the women's side of my family, because um, my mom was like that when I was younger until she got older, right? And then she started to kind of let loose and, you know, tell mm-hmm. us she loved us, give us hugs and stuff like that. But so, Tyson, like, that's got to be uncomfortable, right? Because my audience is going to go, these guys are talking about feelings and getting in touch with their feelings, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't happen overnight. So, so tell the audience like what that process looked like for you and how did you get yourself? Because like you said, if, if you were like me at all, at one point, right, you're just numbing yourself out. You don't want to feel right because it's uncomfortable. How did you get yourself to do that? Right. To sit with yourself. Cause I want the audience to understand that that's okay to sit with yourself. Right. Cause that's how we get to know each ourselves better is, just getting to sit with ourselves, right? And being. Yeah, yeah. So, 
you know, I, I'm really fortunate that my journey, you know, I've been, like I said, I've been a coach for a decade. I've helped, you know, um, almost a thousand different people at this point. And I have spent, you know, a quarter million dollars on my own coaching. I've been well-versed in personal development and, you know, about a year after my mother passed, I really got split open spiritually. And I really started this spiritual journey of duality and our inner world creates our outer world outer world. And so when I started to realize that the universe is just the ultimate teacher, right? It is the ultimate teacher. And there were lessons that I came here to learn. Um, I made it like a challenge. I was like, cool. Okay. Like I'm, I'm still, still going through this shit because I have not passed the test. And so I, I bought into the belief that it was the only way to create happiness. And I had the the fortunate experience of being able to create all that I did in my life. And I don't think there's any secret magic to how did I, how did I make myself do it? I, I chose to do it. Right. It's like, you know, Joe Dispenza says great things. Like, you know, sometimes like you, you hear stories of people going to the doctor and it's like, well, you got a, a spot on your lungs. It's, it's not cancerous, but if you keep smoking, it will be. And they're like, damn, they make a choice. They walk out, they throw their pack of cigarettes away, and then they never go back to it, right? It's a choice. And we all have a choice to make. Now, I had a belief system that told me that if I could heal my inner reality, that I could create any life that I wanted. And so I had that goal in mind. Um, But really, I was tired of hurting. I was tired of being in pain. And I was tired of the same shit, the cyclical stuff, the pattern that, you know, um, a different woman, but the same relationship, um, a different business, but the same, the same experience. And I was like, you know, there's a great, great phrase. I like learn or fucking repeat, like learn or fucking repeat. And, you know, excuse my language, but that's, it's, it's, it's that, it's that, you know, it can be that direct. And so I was like, okay. Um, you've overcome a lot in your life. We haven't talked about my story, you know, a little bit of it, but you know, I've been through a lot of adversity and I was like, dude, you can do this. You can do this. And so again, it wasn't for a set amount of time. It was until I found happiness. But what I did is you take your attention from out here and put it in here and you, you reflect it back into yourself. Like a lot of times I've studied neuroscience with the visual auditory, you close your eyes, you take your attention inside and a lot of times it was as simple as sitting for hours in silence and breathing through my heart right. again and again and again until the voice comes, until you start to understand. And the teachings came from within. They didn't come from without. I wasn't reading a lot of books. I wasn't going through a lot of material. The teachings were coming from inside of myself, from sitting in silence. I ended up doing a 10-day Vipassana retreat um, where it's a 10-day silent retreat in silence. I ended up doing four days in total darkness. Um, Two days in, you start um, secreting exogenous DMT and you start reliving suppressed childhood memories. And I, what it was, was I faced all the areas of myself that I was afraid to face, that I was afraid to look at. And but there is no magic bullet. Um, it's a choice. If you're ready to stop suffering, realize that suffering is only a lack of seeing the truth about what is. And so I went in to find the truth. And a lot of my teachings were from source, God, but, you know, I'm a big fan of Jesus Christ. Like, you know, that's been a huge part of, of my journey. I don't 
claim any religion, but I think Christ was a phenomenal human being. And I think he had a lot of love to give and a lot to teach. And um, it was really just the process of learning to love myself for being a human being, not for being anybody, but for just being. And, um, you know, and that's, but it was a lot of meditation. Meditation is one of the most valuable things we could do. And a lot of surrender, a lot of surrender, like giving up the ego, like, you know what? I've tried this every fucking way I can. And I don't know. And you don't know what you don't know. And there were many days where I got on my knees and I just cried and I just prayed out to whatever I was praying out to, um, you know, whether it's God, Allah, Buddha, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. It is that, that process of surrender, process of giving in to life and allowing yourself to experience. Because most times we are chasing a specific experience and it's a specific feeling like most of the business production I created, right? I actually, that's a story for another time, but I had to come back and figure out how to motivate myself now that I wasn't motivated to find happiness externally because I had found it inside. Um, but, but the experience in the last eight months of my life has been completely different. Like unlike anything I could have ever imagined. I love it. I love it, right? Because I love what you say about surrender. And I learned that from my mentors in the program, right? They'd always tell me surrender to win, right? And where I came from, right? That you don't surrender, right? Because that could get you beat up for surrendering, right? Like living on the streets or in jail. There's no such, right? Or military, right? Background, I'm a vet. You know, that was never in our vocabularies to surrender, right? But then when someone explained that surrender, right? Surrender to win, it started to click, right? And I, I get what you're saying because a lot of my journey has been introspection, right? Like taking yeah. a look on the inside. How can I change this, right? Because mm -hmm. I know if I don't change what's inside, it's still gonna. I'm still gonna do the same thing over. Like you said, it's almost like that Jim Jones sign, right? What they found on his thing, when it mm -hmm. said, "Those who don't remember the past are doomed to relive it," or whatever that thing. It's yep. similar. Right. It's the same thing. Yep. If we don't learn the lessons that God, Christ, the universe, but whoever puts, you know, if we don't learn those lessons that they put out there for us to learn, mm -hmm. right, we're going to go and repeat the same thing over and over. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you said, picking the wrong girlfriend or whatever, wrong relationships. Right. Yeah. Because I haven't learned the lessons. So I'm going to attract the same person. Yeah. Um, yep. But I, like you, myself, right, it's been, like I said, almost 20 years. And it's the, the best journey I've ever been on because one, I know I don't have to be perfect at it. The only thing that yep. I have to be perfect at is trying, right? And and progressing, yep. right? Not perfection, but progress. Progress. And um, and here's what I've learned, right? Because you're, you know, you said that you're you you're being in the personal development. The one thing that I've learned that it's almost like the program, right? Is I'll get what I want if I help other people get what they want. And that's yep. the most beautiful journey I've ever been on, right? Is helping others with, with that, you know, not expecting anything in return and just watching, whether it's in the field, like I work in an addiction, right? And watching the lights go on. There's no, I can't even describe that feeling when you see someone finally get it. Like, mm. I don't have to slowly kill myself anymore. There's a good life I can live if I just give myself a break. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and there's guys like you and I, that go through these journeys, right? Where we're just like, at one point, nothing's making us happy, right? Mm -hmm. And then we do that introspection and we start learning more about ourselves. And then we go, oh, that's what happiness is about, 
right? And that's what you're going to find out why I put the why in my happiness in my book, right? I didn't put the I, I put a why. There's a reason. We've been talking about it this whole time so far, right? So what else, you know, in, in this journey that you've learned about yourself that you can share with my audience, you know, so that they can take a moment because here, and you know it, you, like you said, you've been a coach for 10 years, you've done all that. You see what the current state of our, our world is, you know, here in America, it's, as you know, it's all go, 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 go. Right. Mm -hmm. It's always, you know, everywhere you look, it's about how much money you can make and, you know, drive the fancy cars. Right. And I don't know if you're like me, you know, my, my dream car is a big truck, right? Like I don't need a fast mm -hmm. Lamborghini, right? That's all cool. I'd love to drive it one day, but I don't need one. Yep. Um, so share with my audience that journey, you know, like, so they can understand that it's not an overnight thing. It's, this is something that like you and I know that we do for the rest of our lives. And that's how we mm -hmm. find that happiness. Yeah. So I think I've got, you know, I've got the perfect um, thing to share here. So I feel like life and its expansion is about knowing ourselves and accepting ourselves, right? And there's a big tool that I have used called catalyst journaling. And so again, it goes back to like, if we're repeating the lesson, we haven't learned, right? And all learning is conscious. We have to be ready to learn. We have to be wanting to learn, right? And if we're not, we're just going to repeat, repeat, repeat. And so I've come to believe that it's about overcoming the ego. And there's three main, there's only three main beliefs of the ego, right? And um, they're, they're centered around three main emotions. Now there's a bunch of emotions that, that spread from these, but it's anger, sadness, and fear, right? So fear creates a desire to control, right? So anytime that we're trying to control a situation, right? That's from fear. And yeah. so I would do a process anytime that we experience anger, it's due to attachment. We are angry because an outcome that we wanted didn't happen. And anytime that we are sadness is due to lack. Lack is the opposite scarcity, right? Lack right. is not abundance, right? I'm going to miss out. Um, I'm missing my parents. I'm sad. Sad. I'm not saying to emotionally bypass, but to understand why these emotions are happening and the lessons that they are trying to teach us. And so I started doing something through this process called catalyst journaling, right? So every time I was triggered, you know, um, what was the situation that triggered me? Okay. Let's, I'll just give you an example. So what was the situation um, that triggered me? Um, this girl basically, um, this girl broke up with me and I'm really sad, right? So then what were the emotions I felt? Well, sadness, um, ang then anger, um, and then probably a little bit of fear. Okay, what are, what are these? So we have lack and then we have um, attachment. We have control. So we can reverse engineer them. So like, let's say, well, now I'm trying to manipulate the situation by lying to her or saying something else or, you know, being manipulative, right? Well, that's the fear of being alone, right? And we ask ourselves, what is this experience asking me to know about myself? And then what is this experience asking me to accept within myself? Because it's about this journey that we're living right now is about knowing ourselves and accepting ourselves or remembering ourselves and accepting ourselves. Right. And this process was really, really valuable for me. And well, I noticed I'm sad right now. Oh, well lack. So I don't believe that any of these, all of these things are an illusion. They're, they're not actually the reality. 
any time that we aren't feeling love, Max, it's because we are focused on what isn't actually true. And we have cut ourselves off from love. And this is how I get back to love is like, oh, I noticed that I'm trying to control a situation that I know I don't have any control over. Life is ever changing and I don't want to feel this fear. So we basically understand ourselves more and then we bring loving awareness and acceptance to that part of ourselves. And that awareness is what heals us. And so it really is a healing journey. And I feel like, you know, we, we were kids and we want to become adults and then we are adults and we need to heal the inner child. And we're really just trying to become children again and become that happy, playful version of ourselves. And so for me, it was a process and I could send you something if you want to post it in the show notes um, about this process and this catalyst journaling. But this has been huge is knowing yourself and accepting yourself. And, and that's what I really did, right? Because I was always trying to be somebody I wasn't. And that was what was creating the problem. And, you know, because I was convinced that I was broken. I was convinced that being who I was wasn't okay. And that's a horrible way to be. And so by bringing loving awareness to those parts, I was able to heal. And I believe love heals all things. And through that love that I was able to bring for myself, I was able to, I'm not going to go deep in spirituality, but able to clear the trauma out of my body enough to experience um, a lot more joy and bliss. And another thing is, from the neck up, we're only 10%, but we spend 90% of our time up here. And we have all of this intelligence in the heart, in the body, in the gut. And we're not using that intelligence. We're not using that, you know, knowledge is knowing how to wash a window. Wisdom is doing it. Like, you know, Um, and it's like, we've got enough knowledge. We need the wisdom. The wisdom is the understanding of how to carry it out in our own lives. Um, There's a lot of learning and very little integration going on. And I'm very committed to helping men integrate loving themselves because there's so much toxic masculinity, right? But we find the shit in the darkness. We don't find it in the feel-good moments. And as long as you keep chasing these feel-good moments to erase the things that hurt and the things you're trying to avoid you will continue to come back to suffering. Right. And see, and I think you brought up a good point, right? That toxic masculinity, right? I mean, us men have to be masculine, right? But it's okay, right? To Like I, I tell my son who's 33, I tell him every night, right? Before I, he always calls me at night. I tell him I love him, right? I don't know. This, the world is kind of crazy right now. And one thing that I've learned in this personal development thing is the best way to help the world is to be the best version of myself. And that means knowing myself, right? Knowing what makes me tick, being okay with to squash the ego, right? Because, you know, you and I know that the ego can get us in trouble, right? Because mm-hmm. it just can, right? But also being humble enough to know or, or to admit when I'm wrong, right? And I, I, you know, like something happens between us. I say, hey, Tyson, man, I really apologize. I was an ass for, yeah. for doing that, yep. right? Where we're, a lot of us aren't taught to do that, right? We got to pound our mm-hmm. chest and say, no, you're wrong. You, I, I could prove you're wrong, right? Um, mm-hmm. But see, and that just totally sparks something in me when you talk about working with other men and doing that, right? I think it's okay to tell our, our sons, right. Or, you know, even daughters, whatever, right. That, you know, 
here's the deal, right? You don't have to be a badass all the time, right? It's okay. Well, I yeah. tell my son, it's okay to cry, right? You're going to have feelings, right? And I used to hear that one saying, right? Feelings aren't always fact, but it is, right? Like if it's happening to us, those feelings are fact at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. But when you can practice that, you know, pause for a minute, meditation, right? We also realize it. There, I know what they mean now that feelings aren't always fact, that it's not going to kill me to go through some of these feelings, right? Instead of avoiding, yeah. which has gotten me into a lot of trouble when I avoid, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's, you know, it hasn't, I haven't had a talk like this in a long time, but I have, if I know what I mean. Like, I, it, yeah, yeah. it teaches yeah. me to pay attention more to the people that I'm surrounded by, to the people like you that I'm doing this interview with. Right. Because I think you have a lot of value to share with my audience when it comes to that. Right. Slow down. Yeah. Right. What I'm yeah. hearing from you is slow down, slow get to down. Know yourself. Right. Love yourself. Because there's that famous saying, right? That you can't love anybody else if you can't love yourself. And that I found that to be true. Right. When Very I was, true. When I was hating myself, right? Like I abandoned through my addiction because I was so angry with myself and so pissed off at myself that mm -hmm. I took it out on them and ended up being worse than my father who, right? When I was young, got a divorce from my mom. His job took him overseas. So he kind of had an excuse, right? But me, I lived literally, I could be in the house next door to my children and go, well, I'm too guilty or too shameful and too, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to show my face. Um, mm -hmm. But this journey so of of being like the onion, like you're talking about kind of yeah. discovering, uncovering, discarding and doing it all over again is a wonderful yeah. process, right? Yes, it is. So because so much of your audience um, had struggles with addiction or maybe going through that or maybe recovering addicts, there's, there's one, there's one more thing I really want to share. Um, I always felt deep down um, since I was a kid that you know, there's so much guilt and shame around um, the abuse and, and there's so much guilt and shame inside of us when we use and that's what creates the cyclical behavior. And what I discovered, Max, was that when I loved the addict inside of myself, when I gave myself a break, like, you're not, you're not a degenerate, you're not a dumbass, you're a scared little boy that's trying to feel safe, have some compassion for yourself. And when I was able to be the father, my own father to that little boy and comfort that little boy. That's the beautiful thing. The desire went away. And so I know so many people that have, you know, maybe 20 years of um, sobriety or maybe 10 years, maybe 10 days, two months, but they're fighting that urge. And, you know, I, over the last 15 years, I have 12 years of sobriety. Right. And, but I was also always a, what they call a dry addict. It was all, it was, it never went away. I was always trying to protect myself because I was so afraid of that version of myself. And when I stepped into that version and I said, I'm going to love me regardless, no matter where I am at, that's what shattered it. That's what broke it. That's what, that's what gave me the freedom that I am walking around with today. And I think that's a very important message is that you don't have to be bound to those chains. You don't have to be shackled up to them, but you have to remove the guilt and right. you have to remove the shame and you have to bring some loving awareness, cut yourself some slack, give yourself some compassion. Absolutely. And I love that you said that, right? Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. I'm a big 12 stepper, right? Like, cause it saved my life, right? What yeah. was it? It was either that 
or three years of prison, right? So I, I surrendered, like you said, and I said, okay, mm-hmm. I'll try this stuff, right? But one thing that you said about give yourself a break, after my last relapse, my sponsor said, he looked me right in the eye and he goes, look, forgive yourself. God already has, right? Mm-hmm. And something snapped in me like, right? Because we are our own worst mm-hmm. enemies, right? Like if I wouldn't have heard that, I could have been holding on to that, just that anger, right? At myself. And mm-hmm. I could have stayed stuck. But it was at those moments like that where I kept my promise to God, right? Where I'd say, okay, if you keep me sober, I'll do whatever it takes. And what I've learned in this journey, right, that there's so many different ways to recover, right? I used to be that guy. You probably mm-hmm. wouldn't even want to talk to me, right? Because I, I, mm-hmm. I said, I was, when I first became a counselor, I was like, hey, if you don't do the 12 steps, you're going to die. I can't work with you, right? <laughs> well, look at me like, Max, you need to take a chill pill, right? Mm-hmm. But luckily for me, I, I, I practice being willing and open-minded to learning new things. Yeah, if somebody wants to do that, one of my clients, right? Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna be then I become your accountability coach, right? You do mm-hmm. that. But if they want to feel like I take a lot of my clients through a mindfulness workbook, right? Mm-hmm. Where we, okay. we we try to heal some of the past trauma through mindfulness, right? Yeah. And like you, I used to my mind would never let me meditate, but now I love my mornings oh. where it's just me in this house, right? Everybody's asleep. Mm-hmm. And I can hear the birds starting to wake up and then I just get into my meditation and it's just how I start my day. Right. And, but this process, like you just said, it's, it's about giving yourself that self-compassion, that self-love, right? Because if you think about it, you and I, cause you said it earlier, right? Like if God or the universe could forgive us, why can't we, you know, like, why can't we? Absolutely. Right. You know, they, you know, some, some people say only God can judge me. And I always say not even God will judge me to see the eyes to see through God's perspective is to see the innocence in all things. Absolutely. Right. Because if you think about it, I mean, I, the, the version of God that I've been taught, he's all loving, forgiving, right. He's not this, right. I'm going to strike you dead because you did this way back when, you know what I mean? Like, Luckily, I didn't experience like what a lot of my relatives did back in their Catholic days when they were younger, right? As some of them would tell me they're recovering Catholics, but I've had a great experience, right? With a lot of really cool priests and because I got baptized as an older adult, as an adult. Okay. Anyway, you know, um, you know, this has been fantastic, man. It's been an awesome conversation so far. So now I get to ask you my questions that I love to ask, right? So knowing I, I I forgot to do my thing, but I wrote a book called Fearless Happiness, right? So what does fearless look like for you today, Tyson? And how does that show up in your life? Pursuing what I love, regardless of the outside opinion, pursuing what I know to be right and what I know to be just and um, pursuing myself and pursuing God fearlessly. Um, you know, what it looks like is, you know, Max, I've never been so dialed in. Like I, I wake up and I spend three hours with God every morning, um, you know, from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. Um, I'm on my knees. I surrender. I worship. I pray. I meditate. Um, I journal. I write. I sing. I cry. Um, and, you know, I start every single day like that. And I fast. Um, you know, I'm constantly looking for ways to fearlessly 
put myself aside, fearlessly get out of my own way and allow God. I love it. We need more guys like you, bud. No. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to build them up, brother, and I am. And I'm, I'm working with some amazing men right now, and I'm very, very happy with the results. And I'm just stoked about what I'm able to do through my own journey and the testimony that I have. That's it, right? And, you know, I just, I love to say it, right? I love being on this kind of a journey, like with guy, like minded guys like you, where it's all about discovering there's so much more than just the, you know, I, this is what I hate sometimes about social media, right? It's always, oh, you see these guys, and probably those cars aren't even theirs, you know, they're taking pictures. Mm-hmm. This is my Lamborghini, or, you know, I made $100,000 in a week. What good for you? You know what I mean? Like, but, uh, I bet you behind the scenes, I bet you that was all BS, right? I like having these honest, down-to-earth conversations with men that really have gone through stuff and then found that inner child, healed it, and are now trying to help others do the same, right? So my next question, happiness, right? And you can't see it because I forgot to put it on, but I put a Y in the happiness in my book. So it's fearless, Mm H-A-P-P-Y-N-E-S-S. So knowing I put the why in happiness, what does happiness look like for you? And how does that show up on your, on a daily basis? I find my happiness through serving others. Um, it feels, you know, happiness is a constant, um, service work. There's, there's a meditation. Um, the other day I was having a, a down day and I literally went and got some greeting cards and wrote. I love you notes and went and stuck five and $10 bills in them. And I just went and gave them to people. And so what happiness looks like to me is as within, so without it, it looks like constantly, well, it does start from within. Um, but when it comes from within, you're able to give it freely without you. And one of the ways that I cultivate happiness in myself is by serving others. And I don't think there is any greater calling than serving others. But happiness means waking up with a smile. It means being okay with yourself. And it means going to bed. And it means loving what you see in the mirror. Um, Just for the fact that you are a sovereign child of God. And that is, you know, you said something earlier, and you said, you know, we, we get into this position where we think God's judging us or whatever. God has never taken his love away. We go through actions and we feel unworthy and we have guilt and shame and we cut ourselves off from that love because we don't feel we're worthy of it. And that is a bullshit story. All of us, no matter what we go through are worthy of love and understanding that message is what creates real happiness. Absolutely. That's, (laughs) it's funny that you said that because that brings me back when I first got sober, right? And I'm having this little argument with my sponsor. I'm like, well, God let me so much. Why would he take my kids away? And he'd go, what? I go, you heard me. Why would he take my kids away? He goes, wait, wait, stop. Wait a minute. You gave them away. God didn't take them away. You gave, you chose to gave them away. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to win this argument, right? And he was right, though, as I think about that, right? And then I would say, for instance, it's like, and it, it just brings a smile to my face how he was able, like conversation like this, to turn the perspective for me, right? Like, okay, if God loved me so much, why would he put me in jail? And he goes, okay, think about this. 
think about all the times you went to jail. Like what could have happened if you didn't get in trouble? Right. And yep. he had, he, he actually had me write that out. And I was like, hmm. he goes, look, God loved you enough to put you in a place where he knew you'd be safe. He knew you wouldn't like it, but you were safe. And I was yep. just like, man. So that's why I call my sponsor, like my Yoda, right? He's always doing these Jedi mind tricks and teaching me things sometimes when I think I'm not even learning. And then I'll walk <laughs> away and go, oh, he got me again. But <laughs> it's, I agree with you, right? Like just being okay with yourself, right? Being able to sit with yourself. And one thing you say that I live by, right? As long as I can look at the guy in the mirror and smile back, I'm happy, right? Yeah. I didn't have to have a perfect day. I could have had a bad day or bad moments, right? But if I gave my best and I tried and it just didn't work out that day, I can still smile at that guy looking at me and go, hey, mm -hmm. you tried, right? I'm in a great relationship. My wife and I just celebrated six years of marriage, right? Probably Congrats. the best relationship I've ever been in. Awesome. We actually have conversations instead of arguments. I mean, in the six years, I don't think we've ever had like a screaming match ever, right? I get to be on a podcast with Tyson, James Lee, right? Who's sharing his wisdom with my audience. Like for me, how could you not be happy, right? Yeah, yeah. And and having conversations like this, this is what brightens my day, right? Because there was a time where I didn't mm -hmm. have these, you know what I mean? It was like, Max, what are you doing? Nothing. Really? <laughs> right. right. So what's so valuable, and so this is a good perspective, and we can end it with this, but when you become addicted to a substance, what happens is your perception narrows, and you start to create a story that life is only good with, right? Like, life yeah. is only good when I'm drinking. Life is only good when I'm high. Like, right. I've, I've got to be that, and it narrows your perspective, and then you really are robbed of your happiness because you only can have it with that thing. And that is such a bullshit story that people need to let go. Like, um, and so I felt that that was pretty valuable to share. So I thought, yeah, that's spot on. Thank you so much. You're right. Right. We, that's a great perspective, right? The more we drink and use go, our, our perspective could be here. And then what happens, it just starts going like that. And then we get stuck in this part. Right. Oh, I can't go. Absolutely. I, you know, I can't go outside unless I have a beer or whatever the mm -hmm. case may be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Tyson. Awesome. Um, so if my audience wanted to reach out to you or work with you or, you know, whatever, how do they get a hold of you, Tyson? How can they get? Yeah. A hold of you? So um, you can go to TysonJamesLee.com and up in the right corner, um, right hand corner, there's a connect button. And I allow anybody send me a WhatsApp message. Um, I'm not going to jump on a sales call with you. It's like, I provide value and let the rest take care of itself. So if you are struggling with addiction, if you are struggling with something, shoot me a message, shoot me a voice message, send it five, six minute voice message, let me know what you're going through. And I will get back to you at my earliest convenience. Um, I spend all day coaching. It's all I do. So you can connect with me that way. I'm Tyson James Lee on about every social media platform there is, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Instagram. And so if you search Tyson James Lee, you will find me. And then the website's TysonJamesLee.com. Not too hard to find forward slash connect for the WhatsApp page. And um, I'd love to hear from you, man. I'd love to hear what you what you're struggling with, what kind of adversity you're going through. We didn't talk a lot about it, but we just hit the the um, 
you know, the tip of the iceberg. I have been through life-threatening injuries, a broken back. Um, I have come back from a lot of different things. And I've coached men going through about every single situation you could imagine. So I would love to think that I can empathize with most. And I would love to help however I can. Absolutely. And since you mentioned that means we're going to have to bring you back to another episode so we can dive deeper into those other struggles you've been through and how you help men overcome that. I'd love to have you back. So I really appreciate it. This has been such an awesome, awesome time, but we're not done quite yet. We're almost there. There's one last question I get to ask you, Tyson, that I ask all my guests, right? And that is, what is the one piece of advice you could give my audience that will help them grow as a human being and become better people? So easy. We've said it a couple of times. Go with inside yourself. Go inside yourself for the answers. Just go within. And if you don't know how to do that, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, and focus your attention inside of yourself. And the longer that you can do that, I am telling you, I have read a thousand books, Max, but nothing has ever given me the type of wisdom that that has. Look, not everyone is going to have all the answers for your life, and I don't expect you to have all the answers, but there is a connection to something higher, and we find it inside of ourselves, not outside of ourselves. So go within, create a meditation practice, start journaling your thoughts, and really be with yourself. There's nothing that I can recommend more, and I'm doing that several hours a day now. I love it. Right? I think some people are afraid, but hearing you speak now about that, you might have just opened a bunch of eyes and brains and hearts now to go, mm. hey, maybe there's something to this. And, and I, I'm with Jesse or Tyson, right? You got to, right? The answers, well, that's why they say your intuition, right? That's in here. Mm-hmm. They say it's usually yep. right because I believe it's that universe, that God-given, whatever voice that tells us, hey, listen, I'm telling you what's going on. Just do what I say, right? Oh, yep. man. Science is catching up. Science is catching up too. There's a lot of science around this stuff, around heart heart coherence, um, heart gut brain coherence, and the the heart has more neurons in the brain. Like there is massive intelligence in our body, and to not tap into that is doing yourself a huge disservice. Absolutely, and that's why I'm getting ready to start like uh, learning breath work because I Mm -hmm. see the greats that learn. I mean, they do some amazing stuff, right? They heal themselves, and, and just the things they can do. Right. And I'm still in my research phase, but I mean, I'm so, so excited to learn something that I can do for myself and then hopefully carry on with my clients and teach them how to, right, tap into themselves and learn that. Cause that what that they say the breath was God given, right? God gave us life. He gave us breath. And right. And that's part of, like you said, that journey of going inside is that breath work helps us focus on us, you know, myself. That breath is God. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, Tyson, I appreciate you. This has been, uh, we could have kept going, you know, for hours and hours and hours. I appreciate you bringing such value to my audience. Um, So you heard him, folks, like I always do at the end of my podcast, right? If Tyson made you think, if you learned something, if he made you smile, if he made you laugh, or I like to say if he made you go, hmm, right? Please go to iTunes and leave a five-star review so more people can find the podcast and listen in on this great conversation today. And then until next time, everybody, like I always say, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're out in the world. Have a great time. 
Until we talk again, I'll see you guys later. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the Fearless Happiness Lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore our past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnates.org, M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G, and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.